This is Atlantic City. Atlantic City was kind of America on steroids. I didn't run for mayor of Atlantic City. I ran for governor of New Jersey. Was you know another day in Atlantic City, <laughs> another crisis and things. I've been able to call Atlantic City my Miss America home. This is the Atlantic City story. From the Press of Atlantic City newsroom, this is the Atlantic City Story podcast. I'm Aaron Serpico. And I'm Nicholas Huben. On this week's show, we introduce David Dances, the new reporter at the Press, who will cover the casino industry in Atlantic City. David, welcome. Hey, guys. How are we doing today? Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. So I was a reporter at the New Jersey Herald, uh, which is a daily newspaper up in Sussex County. Uh, I covered politics. So this is a little bit of a different animal for me, but uh, I'm excited to be here and I'm uh, anxious to get going. You've definitely immersed yourself right into the area just in your first week. Um, on this week's episode, we'll be talking a little bit about what's happened in the city this week, um, including a leadership shakeup at the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority that David covered, a new music venue opening the city, and jobs coming to Hard Rock, jobs for city residents, which we've talked a lot about on this uh, podcast. So, David, uh, let's just start with the CREDA meeting that yeah. was on one of your first days that you came to the press. You went to the meeting. Tell us what happened there. So... They, they had an agenda out and they had a few items on there, but uh, they went into executive session after the meeting and they come out and that was when the announcement came that the executive director, Chris Howard, would be stepping down. Uh, his replacement, Matt Doherty, uh, will be taking over in July. Now, Doherty was just appointed to the board earlier this month, so he hasn't even been there that long um, and he's already taking over the position as executive director starting in July. Wow. So, Nick, you had been covering Krita for a while. So does this come as a surprise to you? Not really. You know, you had Howard, who was basically appointed by Chris Christie's administration, was put in there. He was part of their actually, like, team that was kind of looking into these kind of things before he got to Krita. He was always at the Krita meetings and everything even before that. Let's be honest. It's a Republican appointee, no matter what the political party is. And now you have a Democratic governor. It was always going to be difficult, I think. Well, what's interesting about this appointment is it, is it kind of um, plays into Murphy's sort of a, a change of position on the Atlantic City takeover. While he was campaigning, he, he was adamantly against it. And since he's been sworn in, he's changed his tune a little bit. And now he's calling it a, a partnership with the city. So it's interesting to see how uh, Doherty's placement uh, on Creta will, will impact that partnership, as the governor likes to call it. It's also interesting, you know, this is his real, you know, we had Jim Johnson, this, and this is really his second real, like, come on and, like, stamp of, putting a stamp of authority on um, on Atlantic City. Matt Darty, you know him a little from your time at the state level. Um, kind of a, he's a Democrat through and through, you know, he's a yeah. big power player in the Democratic Party. Absolutely, absolutely, especially in Monmouth County, which is uh, becoming a little bit more of a, of a Democratic area uh used to be pretty staunchly republican and now it's shifting a little bit and, and doherty's sort of been uh the face of that shift it will be interesting to see how this changes things because chris howard wasn't even in this position for that long so he'll see you know how he gets his feet wet and what comes his way when does he start so the the official announcement was he'll start no later than july 1st <clears throat> excuse me chris howard will stay on as executive director um, until doherty does take over but that is expected to happen sometime at the end of june beginning of july they haven't spoken publicly, really, about the whole thing. Darty, was he at the meeting on... Um... He was at the meeting on Tuesday. Uh, he got up briefly, you know, sort of thanked everyone for, for the opportunity, thanked Howard for his leadership, and then that was pretty much that. It's interesting, because Howard kind of shepherded Creta. You know, John Paul Mayeri left when 
kind of there was a changing of the guard and changing of the mission in a way you know they lost all the iat monies that have kind of gone to play off the bonds now and the city has and so howard kind of shepherded them through a really like interesting time where they they focus less on development projects per se and more on entertainment and bringing different non-gaming events in is there any like is that going to continue or are we we just don't know at this point i i think it's still too early to tell um it's kind of hard to to gauge what doherty's vision for for credo will be if you will um but we'll see how that shakes out um i'm kind of curious to ask you nick uh what do you think howard's sort of legacy will be as the executive director of, of credo it's hard to have a legacy in, in like just like 13 or 14 months right. or whatever it was but here i will say this about chris you know i've talked to chris on numerous occasions he's always been open and honest with me about things um, one of the interesting things is he, as I said before, he took over at a time when the mission was changing. It was really obvious. Like the money had gone. Like it wasn't this bank where people just basically like, like casinos went, I want to redo my restaurant. Let me get $10 million from Corita or I want to do all these rooms. I got to go grab $30 million. That money was gone. So he kind of had to shepherd them to this more. Let's get more events into the city. You know, the beach concerts have been a major success. That was under John and also him. You know, he, the UFC stuff, the IMG stuff. So he, he's done that kind of stuff. And, you know, his legacy, you know, it's whatever you think his legacy is, really. Like, like you, some people will say he's done X and Y. I'll say he's done A and B. Like, I think he's actually done a pretty good job in kind of a really difficult situation. So you touched on an interesting aspect and another story that we just wrote this week, and, and that was the reopening of a live entertainment venue at the north end of the boardwalk. Um, yeah, yeah, David, you got a first look at that um, that <laughs> opening. Did. So, I mean, what we're talking about is the old House of Blues that's part of um, Showboat Atlantic City. So it's kind of interesting. We had leaked to us, I guess, um, <laughs> earlier this year, we heard the, about the Bourbon Room. We first heard about it in, I think it was September, because the um, Garden State Country Music and Food Truck Festival was going to come to Bader Field. Now, unfortunately, that was canceled a couple weeks beforehand, um, but guests were told that they would be able to redeem their tickets at this place called the Bourbon Room, which is going to be this, you know, the House of Blues resurrection. So now here we are in uh, March, and you got a first look at it. So and Tell us about what you saw. It's ready to go. Um, you know, I had been in the House of Blues a couple of times while it was open. Um, the aesthetics of it don't look any different. It, it still looks like the House of Blues. Um, but you can definitely tell from the, the ownership group that they have uh, a different purpose for, for this space. They really want to make it an intimate venue and make it special and make it a place that uh, not only tourists come to, but, but really accessible to the locals as well. Um, that was something that at least two of the partners that I spoke to were, were very adamant about. And, and the partners are from the area, from Atlantic City, so they kind of know what clients that they're looking for, right? Right, right. Um, two of the partners actually already own uh, businesses in the city, um, and, and both of those are pretty successful at the moment. So uh, the fact that they were willing to reinvest in another project and, and keep things going and, and keep that momentum going for the city, I think is a pretty positive thing. And they seemed excited about it. Yeah. And so now you were in there this week. And when this podcast runs, it'll be Saturday. It'll be their opening day. What mm -hmm. do they have going on on Saturday? So Saturday, their opening event is actually a wrestling event. I Nick, love you're, pro you're wrestling. I'm there. giddy about it. Yeah. I won't be there, but I'm very excited. Are you excited about Booker T coming to the Bourbon Room? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Big, <laughs> big time. Yeah. So their their first event is going to be uh, the East Coast Wrestling Association. It's an event called Joker's Wild. 
Um, so they're going to have about 600 people in there. They've already sold 250 uh, pre-sale tickets. They expect the place to be sold out on Saturday when they when they open up. Now, are they, are they opening the top for that too? The this no. The, oh, just the bottom. Just Saturday will just be the bottom. It, that's interesting to me because. You know, I've seen like indie shows, a lot of indie shows in my life because I'm a huge wrestling mark, as a lot of people know. Um, I saw the pictures of the ring inside. It's a really cool setup. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked it. it. Maybe they can get a better, like a better kind of organization. Nothing wrong with ECW either. They do a fine job, but like a Ring of Honor type thing if it works well. They've opened themselves up to doing a lot of things there. Yeah, yeah. They they have uh, they have a comedy show. You know, they got Gallagher coming in. Um, <laughs> yeah, somebody's getting hit with watermelon in the front row, that's for sure. Um, they, they've got a couple of uh, interesting music acts lined up. They've got something called Cybertronic Spree, which is a Transformers tribute band. Um, I don't know what that sounds like. I'll, I'll be interested to, to hear it. Um, so, yeah, they, they and the, the, the ownership group announced that said that they wanted to bring in some bigger name acts later this summer, but they really kind of wanted to do almost like a soft opening for the Bourbon Room to start off. That'll be really interesting to watch because we've talked a lot on this podcast about that end of the boardwalk. So you've got the formal revel that's supposed to open um, sometime in the spring slash summer. And then you also have Hard Rock that's going to be opening in early summer. And Hard Rock is supposed to be, you know, going to be bringing in big names, too. So then you've got Showboat and House or uh, Bourbon Room right in the middle of it. It'll be interesting to see how they all compete with each other. Well, uh, to that point, I mean, the, the guys at the Bourbon Room said, that, you know, they're not really looking to compete with with Hard Rock and the and the accent that that venue is going to be bringing in. They want to be a little more intimate. Um, but Hard Rock's already, you know, pulling all pulling out all the stops. They they want to bring in big acts and, and get that going and really drum up excitement for the opening of that. Yeah, it's definitely a, a more intimate feel over there. But it will be interesting to see, you know, the, the people that come to that end of the boardwalk. They just open that section of the boardwalk that's further past Revel. So we'll, we'll see. We were talking a little bit about jobs at Hard Rock, right? And and you were at an event this morning, Aaron, um, that sort of celebrated uh, some of these people that are going to be getting those good jobs associated with Hard Rock. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So I was with um, some of the Hard Rock officials earlier this morning, and they they host a training to hire program, and it's actually an idea from Joseph Jingoli of uh, Jingoli and Son. Um, and they allowed city residents to apply to be part of this program, world twelve week program, where where they'll come out. With you know the training and the skill set and the qualifications that they need to have a construction job, work in elect in a um, work in electric, work in with HVAC, work with job safety, um, and all of these people that graduated, there are 15 city residents will be able to work on the Hard Rock site and you know move forward with a career and not just a job. I, I actually had a chance to speak with uh, Joseph Jingoli this morning a little bit at that event, and he was he was really excited about the program. Uh, and what it meant for the residents of Atlantic City. And, and I guess he does this in other places where he has projects. Um, but this one seemed a little closer to his heart. I, I guess uh, I had heard that he used to live in Atlantic City for about 10 years. So he's got a little bit of a soft spot for the city. And, and this one really meant a lot to him to be able to do that. Yeah, it's definitely a needed program. And it's led through uh, Friends in Action, President Anthony Brower. And, you know, as he read the the 15 names today, he kind of told a story about each one. You know, oh, this, this guy, he asked questions. He wouldn't stop asking questions. There was a mother-son duo who graduated together. So it was um, a mother who graduated with her son both went to the program through the program together and it's really kind of moving forward Atlantic City's 
you know, they were talking about millennials. They were talking about the community members, getting community members involved in the big businesses that are coming here. Um, they did this program last year, too, with uh, the Gateway Project. And, you know, they, they employed people, our city residents, on the Gateway Project, too. If we have a second, I'd kind of like to talk about the Gateway Project just because uh, we did run a story about that this week as well. Yeah, you also got an exclusive <laughs> look at that this week. I've been all over the place. Um, yeah, I did. I got a, I got a chance to walk around uh, the campus a little bit. I didn't go in the residential structure, um, but I did get a chance to walk around the academic building. And I got to tell you, I think that's a really good project for the city. Um, and I think it's going uh, it's going to attract a, a different a different element to that side of, of town. Um, you know, you're going to have younger co-eds on the boardwalk year round. They're going to be able to stay in that residential building 12 months out of the year and be able to work at the casinos and the, and the restaurants and the bars and the clubs. Um, so I think that's a really cool sort of way to incorporate a, a younger crowd into Atlantic City. Yeah. And so, no, I mean, I drive past that site every day on my way into work. And it's interesting watching it go from, you know, a couple construction vans to a frame to now what looks like buildings that are almost ready to be completed. What was your perspective of the progress of the, the project? You know, they're supposed to open soon in a couple months. You know, as as somebody who really hasn't spent a lot of time around construction sites, I, I can't tell you how far <laughs> along they are. You're um, not a professional. No, no. I'm a, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Um they say they're going to be ready to go for the fall semester, and, and I believe them because they seem like they're pretty committed to that. Um, they've got 100 courses lined up to go at, at that campus site. Um, they've got 50 students already signed up to live uh, year-round in the residential building. So that project's yeah, it's, it's going to be a go come the fall. One last question before we wrap up. Have you tried Tony's Baltimore Girl yet? No. Do I need to? She can answer that question. I, I think it's a great place. Right by Tropicana. I, I really think that you should go. It's part of Atlantic City staple. What, what, should, what am I ordering when I go there? Pizza. <laughs> Any kind of pizza. The only thing you should order. I always give them a good plug on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, you've had certainly an eventful first week at the press. And we, we look forward to um, recording more podcasts together. Yeah. And I'm sure we will be back next week um, with the Atlantic City Story podcast. Thanks. So for wait, Nick, oh. is this really your last podcast with us? I think I'm gone now. Bye. Bye.